Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Feel like I need some oxygen already. Just getting started. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, let's pray and we'll get into the word this morning. I got 13 pages of notes. I need to get going. You think I jest. 13. Oh, if you can only see some of your eyes. Some of you are like real excited. 13 pages of notes. Ah! I know I'm not going to get through them. I know them. I'll get past page one. You be quiet. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to get into the Word of God. We do believe in the Word. We thank you that your Word is truth. We open ourselves up now to the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth, to lead us and guide us into the truth, fully believing right now, Lord God, if we have wrong thinking, our wrong thinking is going to be adjusted to line up with your thinking. We want our minds renewed to the truth of the Word of God. We want our hearts flooded with revelation knowledge this morning. And we believe right now when that happens... Glory to God, we won't leave here the same. We're going to leave here more sure of our calling and what you've called us to do. And we believe in Jesus' name that this place is going to rock this morning for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Whoa, I feel like I just preached today. But i got to get into my word. Not saying I'm not going to preach. Praise the Lord. Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Matthew 25. And as you're turning there, let me remind you of a study we've been on for several weeks now, on and off. I know we were off the last couple of weeks. We had a Holy Ghost meeting, and then we had a a Father's Day, and I did a teaching on what manner of father our Heavenly Father is. But I want to get back into this study and continue with it. We've seen in this study so far, Jesus was a man of prayer when he was here on the earth. Jesus was a man who always walked in the love of God. Jesus was a man who operated in authority. And recently we've seen that Jesus was faithful. Always faithful to do what his father told him to do. And as Christians, as disciples of Christ, we too should be people of prayer. We too should be people who are operating in divine authority. Using our divine authority against the enemy and all of his attacks against us. We, too, should be people who are always walking in the love of God. Everybody say, I'm a love child of a love God. Now, think about that. You need to let the love of God control everything you say and do. You need to let forgiveness flow out of your mouth to other people, especially when people have done you wrong. Amen. Okay, i got to get off of this before Kelby is prophesied over me again. I'm going to... Anyway, glory to God. So we should be people who are walking in love. And listen to me. We should be people who are found faithful. Faithful to always do what God is instructing us to do, whether through his word or by his spirit. We need to obey God. Be found obedient to do what God is telling us to do. Amen? I believe we can say with complete authority in here this morning that our God is really big on faithfulness. How many can agree with me this morning on that? He is a faithful God, and he expects us to be faithful. And from Matthew chapter 25, we've seen that the rewards we will receive from the Lord. Are you listening? The rewards we will receive from the Lord are being determined right now by what you're doing with what you've been given. Did you hear that? In other words, our faithfulness to do what the Lord is telling us to do, no matter how small or trivial it may seem to be, I want to repeat that. I want to repeat that. 
In other words, our faithfulness to do what the Lord is telling us to do, no matter how small or trivial it may be, seem to be, and being faithful to utilize and use the gifts of God he's placed within us, listen to me, will always result in rewards for all of us. Did you hear what I just said? As long as we are found faithful. Boy, that's big. You know what happens with too many people? They feel like what they're being asked to do is too below them. It's not significant enough. It's insignificant. You know what happened to Joan and me over at, uh, uh, Pastor Joan and me over at Missoula Bible Church? We humbled ourselves and we did what we were asked to do. And I'm going to say something to you. With, I, want to, I want you to understand it's not the most comfortable thing for me, speaking for myself, to clean toilets. And what was crazy about it, you'd think the women would be the clean ones, but it was just the opposite. I don't know what was up, man. Cleaning the women's toilets was, oh, a challenge. Challenge. I don't know how my voice changed, but it did. But I, 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 I'm just, I'm letting you know something here. Don't think that anything you're doing for God is insignificant. Everything matters where the kingdom of God is concerned. I cannot express that to you enough. I don't care who you are in this place. If you're a child of God, he has something for you to do. And even though it might seem small and insignificant at this time, if you're faithful to do what he's telling you to do, and we're going to see this in just a moment, but I'll go ahead and get ahead of myself, it's going to bring increase to your life. I've said this again. I'll just use myself and my wife as examples. We had never planned on that. Had even talked about becoming a senior pastor. I had planned on being the best youth minister I could be for Pastor Jim. I planned on being the best assistant pastor I could be for Pastor Jim. I planned on being the best children's pastor I could be for Pastor Jim. That's it. Never ever even considered anything else. But when I was found faithful, and I'm not saying it was always easy. In fact, it was very challenging sometimes. But the bottom line is we were found faithful. Then all of a sudden God began to put in our hearts. It's time to move on. I'm ready to bring increase to your life. I'm ready to move you on to become a senior pastor of a church I have for you over in Bozeman, Montana. And here we is today. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. So do not look down upon small things. You know what God's been speaking to me? You want to know what God's been speaking to me? See, around you right now, it might look like we don't have a big church. A lot of empty chairs. A lot of people not here today. You might think to yourself, well, Pastor Dan, it's been going like this for for years now. Not weeks, not months, but for years. You've been talking up there all this time and and you've been saying that we're going to have such a, a, a bigger church and we're going to reach more people. I ain't seeing it. That's okay. You don't have to see it. I would like for you to see it. Get hooked up with what's inside of Pastor Joan and me. Because what we have in us is big. You want to know why? Because we serve a big God. And we do believe what we're preaching here in this place is not being preached all over this Gallatin Valley. In fact, it's not being preached 
like this at all. And I'm not trying to condemn other churches. I'm really not. Praise God for those out there that are preaching the gospel message and are getting people born again. Amen. But we preach the full gospel. We believe in the full gospel. We believe in getting people born again. Yes, that's the ultimate thing. But we also believe in people getting filled with the Holy Ghost. We believe in people, people getting healed of sickness and disease. We believe in people being delivered and set free. We're not going to hold. Why do we want to diminish God and say that God is no more doing those kinds of things? Why are we? Who are we to change God? He's the great I am, not the great I was. I said he's the great I am, not the great I was. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. If he was healing back then, then he's still healing today. He's just looking for people to flow through. And here I I say, Lord, here I am. Use me. I believe it. Your power hasn't diminished. Hallelujah. Do you know, listen, see another thing. If you could have met Peter and John and James and all of his disciples prior to them getting born again and starting to live for Jesus Christ, if you could have met them, you would have been going, what? They were fishermen. A lot of them were fishermen. Matthew was a tax collector, which was considered the lowest of the low. I mean, these people were... They were, I guess my point I'm trying to make is sometimes you think about them and you elevate them. Like they were something special. They were incredible. Living for God with all of their hearts and all of their souls. Never making sin, never messing up and sinning. They were perfect. No! They were just like you and me. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. Did you know that even after Peter gave his life to Christ and and started to live for Christ? First, he was saying, you know, when Jesus borrowed his boat, remember that? He went out on, can I borrow your boat? And Peter said, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You can go on out there. You know, you can use my boat. And he goes out there and Jesus preaches to the masses. Then he comes off of the boat and Jesus says, Go on out there and put your net down. Put your nets down. I'm going to get you some fish because I know that's what your business is. I'm going to bless you now because you blessed me. And Peter goes, oh, well, we've already fished all night, Jesus. You know, we didn't catch nothing. And you know what? Fishermen, we know because I'm a fisherman. And we fishermen know you fish at night because the fish thing don't see the net and they come into the net and they get caught. But see, you're telling me to go out in the middle of the day and fish. I'm not going to catch nothing, but I'll do it for you because hey, uh, I'm going to go ahead and put one net down just to appease you a little bit and so peter goes out there and obeys and then and then all of a sudden here comes the fish and the fish start to break the net and they start to put down all these other nets and then he sends for another boat and they start to fill up all the boats and the boats start to sink because jesus is blessing them because he was obedient to jesus and blessed jesus so jesus turned around and blessed them i'm getting off on another message but that's okay glory to god <laughs> but, with, <laughs> but with jesus got done I mean, and Peter, when Peter saw this happen, and Peter got off the boat and said, Jesus! He fell on his knees and said, Jesus! I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be here. I'm not worthy to stand in your presence. 
I recognize who you are. I, I, I'm not worthy. Jesus said, get up, follow me. Peter turned around and he said, I'm going to follow him because I see something special about this guy. And he starts to follow him. And if you notice over the time during the Gospels, the Gospels uh, sharing about when, when, when Peter and his relationship with Jesus, he was one of the three main disciples. Whenever Jesus went, like when we went up on the Mount of Transfiguration, it was, was, was Peter, James, and John. Always those three were the closest ones. So Peter was one of his main men, okay? He was one of the main men. But he was a fisherman who said he wasn't even worried to be in the presence of Jesus. That's, that was his mentality at first. And then Jesus started to, you know what Jesus started to do? And this is something else the Lord's really been showing me lately. Everything Jesus did, this is so powerful because we're supposed to be doing what Jesus did. Everything Jesus did to thwart the attacks of the enemy was through his words. Was through his words. He didn't go up there and punch somebody. He didn't wrestle his way through the crowds. He just walked through the crowds. But, 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 but Jesus began to prophesy that he was going to be crucified. But then raised up after three days. Go through the Gospels. It's, it, 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 he doesn't do it once. He does it several times. He prophesies that he's going to be crucified. He's speaking it out of his mouth. But he's going to be raised up. Crucified, but raised up. So he's speaking all this out. The disciples are hearing this, including Peter. Now, are you sticking with me right now? So Peter is with Jesus. And, 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 and when Jesus finally says, we've got to go to Jerusalem. It's time, it's time for me to go. And I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be raised up. Peter's going, no, you're not. No, 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 no. I'm not going to let that happen. You're, that is not going to happen. And Jesus turned around to Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Why would Jesus say that to Peter? Well, he really is really saying it to Peter, except for the, that the fact that Peter had yielded himself to the enemy. And he was really speaking to the devil that had convinced Peter to say what he, was, what he said there. Because what was that trying to do? That was trying to, to thwart the plan of God. Jesus had to be crucified. Are you listening to me? But, but so Peter's like going, you ain't, no, 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 I'm going to be with you, Jesus. I'm going to be with you all the way. I'm, I'm going to be with you no matter what. I will die for you, Jesus. And Jesus said, listen, for that cock crows three times, you will deny. No, how's it go? Help me here. For the cock crows three times, you will deny me. No. For the cock, for the cock, I'm going to say it right. For the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Thank you. I knew he denied him three times, but he just wasn't coming out right. And, 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 you know, I'm sure like Peter's thinking to himself, that ain't going to happen. But then all of a sudden they go to the, the, the Garden of Gethsemane, right? And, 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 and what's so amazing to me, too, is, is that, did you know, I'm getting off on a totally different message. Thanks a lot. Anyway. <laughs> Listen, this is so powerful. Jesus goes to Peter and says to him, listen, the devil has asked so that he can sift you. He can sift you. You know what that means? To separate. The devil's trying to come and separate you from me. Trying to get you to turn your back on me. And Jesus says, I'm praying for you. And then in the Garden of Gethsemane, he told, he told Peter and James and John who came with him into the inner part of, of the garden. The other ones stayed behind. Now, now you stay and, and, and you pray right now. Pray for me. But what happened to those three? They fell asleep. And it happened three times. 
Three times Jesus went away to pray to the point where he's, you know, not crying. He is praying, he is crying, but it's tears of blood coming out. He's so, so much pressure on him what's fixing to happen. And, And I believe at that time he's being made sin with our sin at that very moment in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's coming on him. And he keeps coming back and they're sleeping. But see, he had already given them the answer to not end up doing what he ended up doing. If he would have just stood up and prayed, kept his flesh under and prayed, I don't believe those things would have happened. I'm glad it did, though. I'm not trying to, I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to beat, beat up on Peter because I'm, I don't know about you because I've looked at the story of Peter over and over in my life. Where it blessed me so much to have him then deny Jesus three times after they came and arrested Jesus. He denied Jesus three times. And right when he denied him the third time, that cock crows. And Jesus looked and looked into his eyes. And he began to weep. The Bible says he was crying uncontrollably. Could you imagine that? He was crying so hard because he had done the very thing that Jesus said was going to happen. Denied Jesus after saying, I will die for you. But then what happens? Jesus is raised up from the dead. Jesus sees... uh, uh, his disciples, and he, said, well, he says to uh, the, the women, he says, go get the disciples and Peter. Go get your t- disciples and Peter. Because he, he probably wouldn't have come. But Jesus singled him out. He go get Peter for me. He bring him to me. Glory to God. That speak of his love for us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What a good God we serve. What a loving God we serve. Peter gets born again. The Bible says Jesus breathed on him. Just like God did in the very beginning. God breathed on Adam and brought him to life. Jesus now breathed on him and got him born again. Hallelujah. And then Peter gets, Jesus says, now I want you to wait in Jerusalem. The Spirit of God is poured out. And that's what happens on the day of Pentecost, as we all know. The Spirit comes rushing in. They get filled with the Holy Ghost. And they come out of that place, filled up with the Holy Ghost. The people looking at them, saying, man, these people are drunk. Peter stands up. Peter, who stands up? The one who had denied Jesus three times stands up, filled with the Holy Ghost now, born again now. He stands up in the midst of the crowd. No, these people aren't drunk as you suppose. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. These people aren't drunk on wine. These people are drunk on new wine. They're filled with the Holy Ghost. And now you got all you got to do is repent and come to Jesus. And you too will get born again and filled with the Spirit of God. Thank God that we can look at a person like Peter the way Peter was and see his journey and realize it doesn't matter where we've been. It doesn't matter how low we got. 
God is always saying to us, come to me. Come to me. Let me love on you. Let me change you. Let me begin to to repair those things in your life that need repairing. Let me begin to heal that broken heart. Let me begin to shape and mold you into the image of my son, Jesus Christ. It don't matter where you've been because my blood has already been shed and my blood is greater than all you've ever done or ever will do. Hallelujah. Thank God for Jesus. Woo! Thank God for the blood. I don't know about you. See, when I mess up, I remind myself of Peter. Not all the time, but when I do, I realize if, it would, if, if I could have gone back in time, I probably would have been Peter. I've probably been the one up there throwing my chest out saying, yeah, you want us to take him on when they came to get Jesus? You want us to get him, Jesus? And he actually, he's the one that cut off Malchus's ear. Did you know that? He's the one that cut off the ear of, of the servant, of whoever his servant. Yeah, 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 read the story, you'll know. <laughs> cut off Malchus's ear, and Jesus healed the guy and said, what you doing, Peter? Come on now, bro. This is what I'm supposed to be going through. But anyway, my point is, is Peter was all throwing his chest out. But then all of a sudden, when it came time, after they had arrested Jesus, he was the one who was cowering down. He was the one that was denying Christ. It wasn't until Peter got born again, filled with the Spirit, that Peter became this bold, incredible preacher of God and was used mightily of God. Now, I don't know why I got off on this today. But the bottom line is, is that this is the way we need to understand our God wants to do for each of us. He wants us to be shaped and molded into the image of Jesus Christ. He wants us to be like Jesus Christ. We're called Christians, little Christs in the earth today. And I know sometimes people look at that and say, well, you just being a heretic. You trying to tell me you're a you're you're God. No, but I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. I got God living on the inside of me. I got the Holy Ghost in me. He is God. And all that the Holy Ghost is, is now in me. And I don't know if you realize what that means. That means my God who is omnipotent, my God who is omnipresent, my God who is omniscient, He's in me now. Which glory to God gives me the ability to do anything my God is asking me to do. Which let me just share with you. Whatever He's asking me to do will always be bigger than I him because and it might seem impossible to man but who cares because God's asking me to do it it's going to get done because he's going to do it through me Amen. ha 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 devil praise the Lord can you see how many I tell you the church has sold itself short so bad because so many people live today within their natural means They constrain themselves and they put God in this box and say, God, you can come out for a little bit of church. Well, that's too much. We can't raise our hands. We can't get excited. We can't do any shouting because that's just not prim and proper. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Hogwash! If we could, again, if we could go into time and we could look back when the disciples were sitting around a campfire with Jesus. 
Those guys, I mean, come on. You don't think Peter and John and them were having some fun? I mean, I guarantee you they were. I'm sure Jesus has sat back to his notch, shaking his head, going, Hallelujah, Lord, who you called me to become my disciples. But see, the point being is this. God, he's not looking for us to become all pious and and looking down our noses at others because of who we've now become. No. We're supposed to relate to those out in the world from the perspective of we too used to be like you. But we're not like you anymore. We're no longer separated from God. We're no longer uh, against God. We are now His very own children. I once was lost, but now I'm saved. I was blind, but now I see. Glory to God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child. I am a child of God. And it means so much to be His child. Let's not sell ourselves short. We are the church. We're the church. You're a child of God. 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 Yes, you're a child of God. Child of God. Child of God. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's kind of an inside joke. You have to be here for going for a while, but I always mess with Kelby. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. We're children of God. Kelby, have you ever stopped and thought about that, Becky? You're a child of God. He's your heavenly daddy. You know what he wants from us? He wants us to just throw off all the restraints and say, Heavenly Daddy, I'm going to live for you. No matter what I face, no matter how great the challenge is, I know you're going to see me through it. I know you're going to be there for me always. And I know this much, that you're going to enable me to come out victorious on the other side. I'm a champion. I'm a champion. Because I serve the champion. Glory to God. Glory to God. Children of God. You're a child of God in this place. We're called to be like Jesus. We need to pray like Jesus prayed. I'm on my introduction. I didn't even get through one page. We're called to pray like Jesus prayed. We're called to love like Jesus loved. Don't you ever say you can't forgive. Because it's just not fair what they did to me. Was it fair what they did to Jesus? Jesus would have been the one who could have said that the most, couldn't he? It's not fair what they did to me. I I never sinned. I always operated in the love of God. Always. They're putting me on this cross. They're humiliating me before all these people. Spitting on me. You ever had someone spit on you before? I had someone spit on me before, and I tell you what, I, I was not a happy camper. Pulling his beard out, slapping him, ridiculing him. So don't sit there and say you can't love like God loves. You can't love like Jesus loves. You can't forgive like he forgave. He looked down from that cross. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. And I know, listen to me, and I know I've gotten on this before because this is for somebody in here today. There's people in here who have to forgive. 
You know, I know you've been done wrong. I'm not, I am not in any way downplaying that. I'm not saying you weren't done wrong. But I am saying you can forgive those people. And again, we don't do it because we have the feelings there. We do it because God has instructed us to do it. We're called to love like Jesus loved. We're called to forgive like Jesus forgave. Even if we have to do it, and listen, just get away. And where it's just you and Jesus. And say, Lord, you know what they did to me. You know how they mistreated me. You know how they humiliated me. You know how they made me cry. You know how they have continued to be cruel and mean towards me. But because you have written in your holy word that I'm supposed to forgive as Christ has forgiven me, I'm going to do that right now. I forgive, and you say whoever that person's name is, I forgive so-and-so for what they did to me. And I release them right now. I release them. And Lord God, I'm asking you to bless them. And I'm going to, when I see them, Lord, by your grace, I'm not going to frown. I'm not going to look, look down. I'm going to look at them and smile. Because the love of God is going to flow through me to them. You're listening. We're called to love as Christ loved us. We're called to forgive as Christ forgave us. And then we're called to be faithful. Was Jesus faithful? Was Jesus faithful? Did he, ever look, did he ever look to the Father and say, I'm not going to do that? No. Now, there was the time in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, Father, if it's possible, remove this cup from me. Remember that? What was the cup? What was in the cup? All of mankind's sins, per- perversions, All the junk of the enemy was in that cup. If it's possible, Father, remove this cup from me. Not my will, your will be done. And he took the cup. He drank it. And was made sin with our sin. You're hearing me. So the point being is whatever the Father asked of Jesus, Jesus did it. He's our example. We're called to be faithful. What is it that God's been speaking to you to do? What are the things God's asking you to do? Are you being found faithful? There's no way I can get into this message right now. It's 13 pages. <laughs> the Spirit of God's in this place. I want you to know that right now. The Spirit of God, the anointing is on my life so strong right now. And I give Him praise and glory for that. But the point I want to make to all of us today, if we are truly going to be his disciples, if we're going to be Christian, call ourselves Christians, it's time to rise up and live that way. Everybody say, I'm going to live as a Christian. See, it's totally different to say I'm a Christian than go out and live like the world. How many people are doing that today? Going out and saying, oh, it's okay, Pastor Dan, for me to go and drink. I'm just drinking casually. I'm not going to get drunk. What about the people who are watching you? What about the people who see you doing that? Just saying. Pastor Dan decided to go out and casually get a bottle of wine and drink a casual drink of wine with my wife, but people saw me go into that liquor store. Well, it's okay. 
It's okay, Pastor Dan. I saw, pa I saw Pastor Dan go in that store. So it's okay. And that person goes and has a problem with it, gets addicted to it, gets drunk, and goes out and causes an accident, either gets killed or, or maimed, or they do something like that to somebody else. I'm called to be an example. So if, listen, let me ask you a question. Would Jesus do that? Now, I know people like to throw up, well, look at the, the, the first miracle Jesus performed. He turned water into wine, and yes, he did. But the bottom line, friends, is the way they were living back then and the wine and the alcohol content and all that stuff was totally different than the way it is today. It's totally different than it was back then, than it was back then. Did you know that they didn't have cars back then? I'm keeping it real. They didn't have to drive a car home. They could walk or they could get on a horse or lay on a horse or whatever you want to make, might say. The point I'm trying to make is this. Jesus is our example. He always has been if we're a Christian. And thus we need to follow his example. I don't know why I'm off on this, but I am, so there. I blame this all on Kelby today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is this good? We're called to be like Christ. We're called to let everything of him just flow out of us to the world. People should see something different in you and me. And I'm telling, listen to me. You know what people want more than anything else? You know what people want more than anything else? Now, people might not say this, but it's the bottom line. People want to be loved and accepted. But did you know this? That wasn't the main thing Jesus pre preached. You study it out, the main things Jesus preached was repentance and the kingdom of God. Did you hear that? Now, obviously, God is love. So love is important. Important. And God accepts us as we are. But the bottom line, he doesn't condone if we're living in sin. Why would he condone something that put Jesus on the cross? It doesn't make any sense to me. We have everybody in here, if you're a Christian, let me say something to you right now. If you're a Christian here today, you are not supposed to be living like the world. I don't care who you are. I don't care about all, any of that stuff. Where you've been doesn't matter to me. And it doesn't matter to God. What matters is right now. Are you truly turning away from sin in the world to God? To live for Him? Because if that's the case, He wants to do some work in you to shape and mold you so that you become more like Jesus. So then you go out into the world as a bright light. And what happens when you go out and they put those lights out? What, ha what happens? All, all those insects start flying toward the light. The light, the light. <clears throat> I'm not trying to say that those people out there are insects and they're, they're nasty bugs or whatever. But in reality, they are caught up in that kind of... The Bible says that's the way we used to be. But we ain't that way no more. We should be drawing people to us because of who's living in us. We should be drawing people to us because of who we've now become in Him. Do you see how I'm saying that? I don't want, 
I, I used to say this to the youth all the time, and I know I've said these things before, but it's okay, it bears repeating. I said to the youth all the time, how can you sit there and tell people to, about Jesus, but then you turn around and keep living the way of the world? You still go out to the keggers, and you still go smoke dope or whatever. Live in sin, have sex with your girlfriend. That's not the way it's supposed to be. We're called to be different than the world. Because what we have and who we now are is so much different than what they have and who they are. We have their answer. We have their answer and his name is Jesus. But if we're going around saying, well, you want Jesus, you need Jesus, 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 Jesus. But then we turn around and say, hey, I heard there's a party going on. Woo! Let's go to the pond. Hey! And you sit there at the cake and stand by. Hey, let me help. Whoa! <laughs> or were those called beer bongs or whatever? They pull it up there and the beer goes straight down your system. And pretty soon it's coming out of your system as you're throwing up. Ain't way, that's not the way we're supposed to live. You and me are supposed to shine. I'm supposed to be shining as a bright light. I mean, I, I, I like to think of it that if God's looking down on this earth, it's filled with darkness. Filled with darkness. But then there's these bright lights scattered throughout. One of those bright lights is me. And one of those bright lights should be you. You hearing me? How to be like Christ? What manner of man was Jesus? When he walked the earth, he came and he brought revolution, didn't he? He changed things up big time. He came to tell people about his heavenly daddy. He came to demonstrate the love of God, the power of God. He came to preach repentance, turn away from sin, turn back to God. And he came to show us and tell us about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in the earth today. The kingdom of God is now in us as Christians. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Call to be like Jesus. Do you want people to know who you really are? Do you want people to know you come to this church? <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you know? You might as well just jump on in when you come in here. There's no reason to remain reserved when you come to this place. I, I could probably talk to a few of you in this place who have said, you know, Pastor Dan, when I first came in here, at first I was kind of like going, oh, what is this guy all about? I've recently had somebody say to me that I shouted at them. I didn't shout at them. <laughs> I get excited, and I do shout, and I'm not going to, I've, I've, I've literally, and I've said this to you before as well, have asked God, is that the reason so many people don't come sometimes? Because I shout too much. But you know what? I is who I is. I heard one, oh, uh, Keely, what did you say about me the other day? She said, she said to me, she goes, I'm a, I'm a black man in a white man's body. I'll take it, which, which, which means this, which means this, I could go to a black church and have a really good time. You ever listen to Bill Winston when he's preaching? 
You got people in that crowd just going, Amen, brother. Wow, wow. I'm like going, man, I, I'll be down there. I'll be doing it right with them too. I'm serious. Glory to God. It's okay to get excited. Amen. We're called to be Christians. I want everybody in here to throw off all the restraints and let God be the God who he really is in you, through you. You're called to shine before all men. You're the light of the world. Glory to God. This is good news, my friends. And the good thing about this teaching is, is, you know, every part of this could, I, I was saying this to, who was I saying this to you? I think it was. That you could take this and break it down into sections. We started out talking about what manner of man is this based off of those scriptures in, I believe, in Mark. And then we started talking about prayer. We saw that, that's a section. Then we started talking about the love of God. That's a section. Then we started talking about our authority in Christ. That's a section. And now we're on faithfulness. That's a section. But every one of these sections connect together. Every one of them connect together. And what are they demonstrating to us and showing us? We're supposed to be like that. I want everybody in here to become a person of prayer. Do you know that we come together and we pray on Sunday mornings and on Friday evenings? We're not doing it like we used to do it, but we're going to get back to it. I'm here. You hear me? Praying is important. Seeking the face of God is important. I endeavor to pray on Saturdays, spend time with God, praying in the Holy Ghost, getting myself built up for you. But all of us need to learn to spend some time praying to God every day. Love of God. How important is what? That's another biggie. People should be able to look through those doors and see so much love that we have for one another that they want what we have. That we're, we're supporting one another. We're, we're there for one another. And, 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 and as far as all the other different attributes we've looked at. You want to be, you want to see increase in your life. How many want increase in your life? You need to be found faithful. Be found faithful. Do not look down what God's asking you to do. It might seem insignificant to you. Whoopty stinking doodah. Do it anyway. I am not. I was not the. Ha- it was not easy for me to clean toilets. It was not easy for me to go into chairs and pick up snot rags. It was not easy for me to pick up fingernail clippings or toe clippings on the ground. I did it all. But the bottom line is, is I was faithful to do it. And because of that increase came. And we're not staying the same because we're going to be found faithful to do whatever God's asking us to do. And we're going to continue to see increase and we're going to see increase and we're going to see increase. And what's going to happen is you're going to get a hold of this and you're going to start doing whatever it is. It's just like this girl right here just came up to me last week, was it? Wasn't it? Or Friday night? I don't even remember when it was. I want to, I want to help out at the, uh, 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 the Welcome Center. I want to start being out there to greet and help out out there. That might seem insignificant to some. But the bottom line is, is we need people out there doing that. And because she's stepping up to the plate, and I'm I'm prophesying over you, and she's going to be faithful to keep coming back and doing it week after week after week after week, pretty soon she's going to have increase in her life. That's how it works. You found faithful. You found faithful. You found faithful. 
You do what God's leading you to do. And you're going to see increase in your life. Now, we didn't get into my notes. Now, I was not planning on preaching all 13 pages. I really wasn't. I was planning on preaching about five pages. But I got the first paragraph down. Thanks. Oh, I beat you, Kelby. Did even less than what you thought I was going to do. Now, I want to share something. Now, listen, can I just kind of give you a heads up of what, where, the direction we're going in? I want to start to talk about where faithfulness brings increase, but unfaithfulness brings decrease. Doesn't sound like much fun, does it? But you need to see it in the Word. So you need to make sure you come back. And then we're going to talk about some of the different attributes of God that make Him faithful. And thus, attributes we should have in our lives that will make us faithful, that help us to be faithful. Amen? Glory to God. Did you get something this morning? God loves you. God loves me. Makes me want to cry every time I think about it. God loves me. Mm. That revelation has rocked my world, changed my life so much. God loves me. He believes in me. He believes in you. Hallelujah. Let's rise up and be who we're supposed to be. Let's be like Jesus in the earth today. Let's be true Christians in the earth today. Amen? Bow your heads and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the word this morning. We thank you for the spirit of God moving in this place. Even now, Lord God, I'm asking you to move upon the hearts of the people here. May everybody here begin to see and recognize who Jesus really is.